Welcome to episode three of Butters on Books. Today we're going to be discussing just how much Heart Shaped Box really messed me up. I'm going to be doing a book recommendation, a film recommendation, and a food recommendation. Really box myself into a corner with these food recommendations. I also hope that you're all well, you're all staying safe, and you're all living your best lives as much as you can in the situation we're in. Hello, so we are on to my third owl now. If you've been following the rest of the podcast, you know that I'm taking a part in the Magical Readathon, um, which is hosted by Book Roast, and I am currently taking my Ancient Runes, yes, owl, um, which is to read a book with heart in the title. Um, and as I said in my last podcast, I didn't cheat, but I did pick a horror book because it has a heart in the title, and it's Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill. The premise is is you have Jude, who is this kind of cantankerous old rocker who has a interest in the occult and collecting occult items. And he gets an email from a site that claims that he's used it before, but he has never used this site. Um, but it's told him that he could buy a haunted suit. Um, and he has this impulse to immediately buy it so it's on on for bids but it says you know if you pay a thousand dollars it's yours well he is like well i'm gonna pay that thousand dollars i just want it and he can't explain why he wants it but he does um so anyway it comes to the house and obviously horror ensues as it is a horror novel um well a ghost story if you like and um as i said in my last podcast joe hill like tends to freak me the hell out anyway um but I hadn't anticipated that that would be on page 32 of, I think it's like 400. Um, so basically I was, yeah, it's 400. So basically I was reading it and um, Jude, who as a character, I really love in terms of he's got kind of a lot about him as a character. You, He has a really great depth to him um, in terms of you learn a lot about his childhood and about how that shaped him and about who he is now um very early on in the book um but also you're kind of like well I personally am quite attracted to him because he's quite a cantankerous old man like he's this hard rocker he like is really I don't know there's just something about him that's really attractive so you're kind of like reading it like oh you kind of have at certain points a real like oh dude why and then other points you're like oh dude like you know it's just it's just one of those relationships in a book and it's it is quite enjoying and entertaining um but basically there's a bit on page 32 where um he's obviously got the suit now it's in it's in his house it's come in a weird heart-shaped box hence the title and I was like "Ah." um and basically page 32 he starts to like investigate the noises and obviously normally in a horror novel it builds so like maybe halfway through you might see the ghost but all of the like first part of the book is like preamble um which i quite enjoy because i enjoy the suspense of it um but anyway he's looking around his house there's like a hat stand that he mistakes for a person and like you know the chair that you have in your house which is full of clothes and he mistakes that for a person and then you're like oh, okay this is standard horror preamble not boring in any way really compellingly written really happy with that i'm good um and then he walks back up to his bedroom and he looks down his corridor and he's like and of course there's just the old man sat in the chair in the corridor next to my bedroom and then i i literally squealed in my own house alone and i went oh there isn't an old man 
he just lives with his girlfriend and I was like oh no and like, I've got geese what I was talking about it now and I was like oh no it's too soon it's page 32 like you've got another 400 pages what are you gonna how are you gonna make this worse um and then he has to like walk past the old man and it's really creepy and it just gets like infinitely creepier from there but from that point I realized that I was gonna have to read so um my I think it's my transfiguration book I feel like it's like a book that involves transforming um which I've chosen as small gods from Terry Pratchett I was originally going to choose something else but I needed something that was um, a bit lighter than what I originally chose um because I needed something that I could read before bed to like forget about this book um because I don't know if you've ever had it where you've watched a horror film a bit too close to bedtime and then you've had to watch episodes of like friends or you know like how about your mother just to kind of de-stress before you go to bed so that the horror film isn't the thing that you go to bed to i'm normally okay with horror films but sometimes you watch one and you're like that has freaked me out i need to watch something else so that uh, that is not the last thing i go to bed with i think one of the examples of that was um the hold on netflix um which is basically a, a tale about changelings um, and it's a really good Irish film um, and before I went to bed I had to listen to music and watch some Spongebob because I was like oh god I hate, uh, I hate everything about it um, it creeped me out so I have to now do that with Joe Hill but with another book I needed like a palate cleanser book because this book was freaking me out so much I couldn't cope um, and that's how you know you're reading a good horror. Um, and to be honest with you, in one sitting, I nearly read 100 pages because it was just so easy. Needed that in an hour. Such a quick read. Um, and yeah, I... Yeah, well, I freaked out on page 32. So you can imagine what the rest of the book's like. So after the initial freak out that I had, to be quite frank, with Heart Shaped Box, I then calmed myself down and carried on reading. And... I absolutely loved it. It was, I have to say, a really, like, it, it was really difficult because it was such a quick read. I actually rationed myself to how much I could read of it because I was enjoying it so much. And it actually took me a little longer to finish purely because I kept putting off reading it because I really enjoyed the characters. Um, I loved Jude, who is our main character, who is the cantankerous old rock star. You've got Mary Beth, who is his current girlfriend, who started off being like, or you imagine that she's going to be quite a two-dimensional character, but she's actually amazing and really good, and you grow to love her. Um, and then the antagonist was really creepy. Jude's backstory was really good. Everything about it was just really well-crafted good horror um and it was it was kind of a world where anything's sort of possible so you know you do see ghosts and hear from ghosts and there's certain lore and the fact that for example Jude has two Alsatians and the fact that he has what are spirit familiars um so that basically the Alsatians their kind of spirits and their energy can protect him from the ghost I proper loved that and it was really it was just really believable and it it moves so quickly that you kind of don't question things and then you go back to it and you're like it's mental um but actually it progresses so well as a narrative that you accept a lot of the fantastical elements of it without having to question them too much and I really enjoyed that 
I feel like it was gorier than I thought it was going to be. There are some bits and I'm like quite squeamish anyway. I'm not very good with gore. So if you're fine with gore or even if you're just like probably a normal functioning human, I think you'd be fine. But whereas I was like, um, every time there was any gory bits, um, I feel that that was, there was an element of that um, within it. Um, I was expecting some sort of twist um I feel like you could kind of see what happened coming in the sense that um the main antagonist is at first glance you're like huh kind of understand why he's doing what he's doing because you have been led to believe that a certain narrative is true and then you begin to discover when they speak to someone from the other side um, via a Ouija board, you realise that the narrative that you've been led to believe is fact is actually not what happened and something else more sinister happened um, that you don't quite realise until that moment. And for me, I found that really interesting and that really... I gave the story another level and I just feel like there were so many little bits and pieces in the story that just pulled it all together and made it like just wonderful and I really really enjoyed it um I would definitely give this five stars it also ended in a way in which like I like my horror books to end um so I won't spoil it but I very much was like yay that's great um and it was honestly such a like ride like I really enjoyed it like I was smiling and beaming talking about it um and so as not to give too much away I'm not going to go into the depths that I perhaps went into with Robinson Crusoe because I was completely pulling that apart so that you didn't have to um whereas with Heart Shaped Box I would just thoroughly recommend that you read it um and yeah look into Joe Hill he's great and I love him and I'm gonna try and read some of his other books quicker than perhaps I would have otherwise which is great um so heart shaped box joe hill read it and weep well that moves us on to the recommendation section of our podcast uh i did say our podcast yeah okay well i had a little bit of a golem moment there i've been on my own a little bit too long it's my podcast but you are listening to it so really it is our podcast but i'm gonna say mine so that i don't have a golem moment so we are going on to the recommendations. I have got a film and a TV series recommendation this week. I have a book recommendation. I have got a food recommendation this week. I've, I don't know how long this can continue, but we're gonna. it's going to be like we're riding on a bike down a hill, not pedalling. We're just going to see how that goes. And if one week we don't have one and I substitute it with something else, you know that I've run out of ideas. Um, so my, um, TV series recommendation this week is The Keepers. It is on Netflix and it is a true crime documentary based around the murder of a nun. It explores her early life. It explores her working at the school that she was working at whilst, uh, or when she was murdered. Um, and it also focuses on two former students of hers who have turned private detectives trying to solve her murder. Every part of it is really compelling. The people that they got involved with the documentary the people who give you their testimonies as well as the two old ladies who are like super sleuths is really like it's quite endearing with the the super sleuths actually but it is so frustrating because it feels like it could have been solved but 
there were just people who withheld information and that's why it hasn't been solved. And that's not to say that the police who investigated it could have solved it. It's more that there were people involved who who didn't speak up. And I don't know who those people are after watching the TV series, but I feel cheated because I feel like someone knew something that they just didn't say or didn't feel like they could say at the time. Um, So it is one of those that at the end there is no... I don't want to say there isn't a satisfying conclusion because at the end of it I was like, well, at least I know that. Um, But I would say that there isn't a you don't find out who killed her at the end, which I feel like is not a spoiler in any way, shape or form. Um, It's still an open case. If you look it up in episode one, it's still an open case. And it's very open about that when you look at the the blurb of the documentary. But I do feel like they gave you a really compelling idea of what events could have unfolded. Um, So I appreciated that. Uh, My film recommendation this week, so I'm going to do a TV series and a film, namely because the film sort of relates to the book that I read in the sense that it is a horror. It's a much more artsy horror than my book, but it is um, Possum. Um, It's on Now TV at the moment and it involves, it's got Alan Armstrong in it and someone whose face I know, but I can't think of what else he's been in or what his name is. Um, But if you have a look, you'll see him and be like, ah, that guy. Um, Or he might be better than me and go, ah, and say his name. Um, But basically it revolves around a puppeteer who is going home um, or going to his uncle's home in some sort of disgrace. And from there, you discover some things about his childhood and past trauma. You discover things about his relationship with his uncle and you discover things about the relationship that he has with his puppet, um, which he calls Possum, which is essentially a a giant spider baby, um, which is really terrifying it is a really spooky film a lot of it is open for your interpretation and a lot of the horror it's got a little bit like Babadook vibes um in the sense that you're not quite sure if some of the horror is in his head or whether it is actually happening and then there are some things that you're like oh oh that's happening oh no oh Oh no. Um, So there's that element to it. I found it really compelling to watch. It is really short. It's like an hour and a half. And I think with a a horror film that is more open for interpretation and is in inverted commas more artsy, an hour and a half is a really good runtime as it gives you enough meat to talk about, but doesn't completely lose you um, in the sense that some bits you're like, what, what is happening? When did we get here? When did we get here, bro? Um, So in that sense, you know, it's it's a good length of film and I very much enjoyed that. Um, so that is Possum and that's available on Now TV at the moment. So if you've got Now TV, it's a good, uh, good thing to watch, but not just before bed. Um, my book recommendation this week is actually a factual book um, and it's one that I read years and years ago, but really enjoyed. And it's called A House Somewhere. Um, and in the blurb, it says, we've all dreamt of escaping to a house somewhere. In this collection, some of the finest names in contemporary travel writing reveal the perils and pleasures of exchanging the familiar for the foreign. And in general, what happens is, is there are several different stories throughout, um, some from selected writings and some from direct stories of people who have relocated either within the current country that they live in or to a completely different foreign country. Um, And it's basically their experience of settling down, of living there and sometimes of adapting to the culture. Um, For example, I think from what I remember from reading it, there is a man who lived in um, Tokyo 
And then he moves out to rural Japan. And it's the way that he changes his relationship with his culture because he's moved from the centre of Tokyo to rural Japan. And that was really interesting. Or you have people who, for example, um, have moved from kind of, you know, France to America and things like that. So there is a complete cultural shift as well. Um, And it's a really, really interesting book to read. You can dip in and out of it as um, there are several different stories and extracts that you can read. Um, And I found it really compelling when I first read it. Um, So it is really, really fun. um, And I would recommend it. And it is, I think, also like Lonely Planet approved. So it does give you that sense of like wanderlust and travel, but also that settling into a new culture um, and getting yourself completely immersed in it, which I really enjoy. Um, And last but not least, we're on to the food section. So I saw on the Facebook this week that you can make a mug cake. And I was like, mug cake, you say? So I tried it out and it was mega. I didn't trust my microwave enough and cooked it for too long. And that was a mistake. And you don't do that. You don't do it because it tastes gross if you leave it in there too long. Um, So you need one egg for this recipe, three teaspoons of milk, three teaspoons of oil, four teaspoons of self-raising flour, four teaspoons of sugar and four teaspoons of cocoa powder. Um, And what you do is you pop that into your microwave um, and then you have a lovely little mug cake at the end of it, which is great. Um, And basically it's just like gooey, hot mess and it's just to die for. And it's great if you've got nothing else in. I've tried it with plain flour. It doesn't it doesn't rise as much, but it's still nice. It just tastes a bit denser. So there is an element of that. Um, but I would recommend that as a food stuff. <sighs> Next week, I might have run dry on ideas unless we do hot dog pasta, which I'm very good at and make regularly. Um, in which case, I can tell you how to make that. But... You know, I think that might be the level we have to stoop to. (laughs) I also forgot to tell you how long to microwave the food for. This is why I shouldn't have done the food thing. You've got to microwave it for two minutes and you have to mix it up when you've put all of those ingredients that I mentioned back together. Just so you know, two minutes. Two. So next time I will be talking about the book that I have decided to read for My Transfiguration Owl and that is a book or book series that involves transformation. Um, I have chosen to read Small Gods for that as the god Om transforms into a turtle um, or tortoise, I can't quite remember which one it is, um, which isn't his dream form and not what he would have wanted but it's the hand that life has dealt him Um, and so he basically has to try and change the world from that form with the one person who still believes in him as a god which is wonderful and I very much am looking forward to reading that. Um, I needed to read this as a palate cleanser book for Heartshape Box because it was too scary and I needed to read something that gave me some joy um, and didn't scare me to the same degree as Joe Hill. Um, and I'm really excited to read it. I love a Terry Pratchett book. Um, in 
the series as a whole. It is the 13th book in the series, if you're reading it chronologically like I am. Um, and if you are not, it is one of the gods books. The first one being Pyramids and this one being the second one. I believe there is no more gods books after this or there might be one more. I can't quite remember. Um, but it is one of those type of novels. So it, it's one of the ones where you might see cameos from some of your favourite characters. So, for example, one of my favourite characters is Death, and he appears in every single book in the Discworld series except the Tiffany Aching series, which is for young adults and children. Um, and I believe he might appear in some of those, just not all of them. Um, so I know, for example, that he will be in this book at some point, um, but you might see... Um, other cameos from other characters so for example there was one of the unseen university ones where it focused on characters that we hadn't seen before at the unseen university however we got cameos from characters like the librarian who is an orangutan who is my favorite um, and we also got uh, cameos from um, some of the university lecturers and professors who or key wizards um, who you have come to know in passing in some of the other books they are now some of the main characters so in general you tend to get cameos from your your favorite characters so i'm excited to to read that and talk about that one because yeah it won't be spooky anymore and i'll be able to talk about something that's not going to terrify me which is great <laughs> Why, and I do believe that concludes my podcast for this pon pon podcast for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, I hope you had a lovely week, and I will see you soon with a new podcast. And I hope you all live your best lives uh, under the circumstances that we're in. And uh, take care and stay safe. <laughs>